Hello and welcome to the Psycom Toolkit podcast or welcome back if you have been here before. This is the show for researchers and science communicators to get all the tools they need to communicate their science with confidence and bring science stories to life. I'm Soph and I am a full-time science communicator. That still feels really weird to say even now. Like people actually pay me to do science communication as my day job. That still blows my mind. It feels completely surreal that someone like me does this now. I guess I'm just very lucky to do what I love every day. Anyway, this episode is the second in the mini series that I am kickstarting my whole podcast passion project with. I'm not going to say that three times fast because that will go disastrously wrong. We are currently looking at what I like to call the SciComm foundations. They are the big questions that you need to ask yourself before you even start doing any science communication, even before you start planning out your idea. So the SciComm foundations are the what, where, when, why, who, and the one that doesn't quite fit into the alliteration, and that makes me a little bit upset inside. <laughs> and that one is the how. So in part one of this mini series, we looked at the why of science communication and touched a little bit on the what. Today, though, I want to focus on the who. Now, no matter what kind of science communication you do, you need to have an audience in mind. And I'm going to kick this one off with one of my biggest pet peeves that crops up in science communication a lot. And that is when people say, oh, I want to give this talk to a general public. It makes me feel kind of weird saying it. Let me clear this up right now. If there is only one thing that you take away from this episode or this whole season or even every episode of the podcast that I will ever make, I want it to be this. There is no such thing as a general public. Just think about this. The average human doesn't have two legs. By grouping everyone into the same audience, your psychom isn't going to be as successful as you hoped. Everyone has a different baseline understanding of the topic. Not everyone is going to be invested in your talk about, let's say, the latest exoskeleton research. People speak different languages, have different beliefs and voices and opinions, all which we need to listen to. The point is that really understanding your audience, and I mean really understanding them, that is going to help your science communication become so much more impactful. The success of your project, event or idea, whatever it is, is going to depend on how well you can tailor it to your audience. So in this episode, I want to introduce you to two, um, how would I describe them? Um, Terms or models? So I want to introduce you to two terms slash models that may give you a framework to help you work out who exactly you want to communicate with. And then I'm gonna share a few questions that you might want to ask of the event or project organizer of yourself or directly with your audience 
so that you can really step into their shoes and begin to really understand what your audience would be interested in. So the first term that I want to introduce you to today is science capital. So what is it? Unfortunately, it's not the capital of planet science. Instead, it is a concept to help us understand how people engage with science. And it was developed from a collaboration between King's College London, University College London, the Science Museum Group and BP. There is a fab video that explains it all, which I will add into the show notes for you to watch as well. But the best way to describe it is to imagine everyone on Earth is carrying around an invisible backpack or rucksack. Every time a person learns a new bit of scientific knowledge, is exposed to something related to science, attends a science festival or gains a new skill, whatever it is, is added into this invisible rucksack. The more things you collect, the higher your science capital, and the more you are going to think that science is for you and vice versa. Your science capital is broken down into four key areas. They are what you know, how you think, what you do, and who you know. Knowing and understanding your audience's science capital can help you use it as a tool to engage with them and make your SciCon project more impactful. There is lots more that you can read about science capital and the research and teaching approach that it's being used for. But at this stage, it was just something that I wanted to introduce you to and have sort of playing around in the back of your mind. The key takeaway is that it's a way of connecting science to what your audience relates to and cares about the most and what will spark that interest and curiosity for them. So the next thing is the British Science Association's audience model. So science capital tends to focus more on school students and teaching in schools, although I think it can be applied to all audiences. The BSA's audience model, though, focuses on audiences that tend to be 16 years of age or older. It helps you to understand how different proportions of your audience see science. And there are four categories, again, that your audience can fall into with this model. The first is professional. These are people who study or work within the STEM subjects of science, technology, engineering and maths. Next, then, you have engaged. These are the people who are curious about science and are actively seeking out scientific events or information, but they don't work within the sector. Next, you have inactive. These people would say that they have an interest in science, but they don't spend much, if any, time or effort actively searching and looking for science. Finally, we have not interested. These are people that don't see science as something for them. Just as an FYI, the British Science Association and King's College London did some research in 2016, I believe it was, which suggested that the inactive and not interested groups in this model make up about three quarters of the UK population. 
Now, that's a huge amount given how much science is around us in our everyday lives. But that might be your reason for doing science communication, right? You might want to help people move from inactive to engaged, or who knows, maybe then even into professional. It may be a simple model, but it can be used as a really handy tool for planning your project and also evaluating its success. It can help you understand which audience group might be the best for you to engage with based on your why and your project goals. And it can also help you work out how effective your SciComm activity was. For example, at the start of your science festival, you might have found that half of your attendees might be classed in the inactive group, let's say. But after your activity, some of those now feel like they want to look for more information and they might tick the engaged box instead. Being able to see the changes in your audience as a result of your project is obviously the goal. And this model is just one way that you could try to measure that. Again, I will link some useful resources and links in the show notes so you can read some more about the audience model if you want to. So for now, I am not going to talk any more about these models and concepts in this episode. But if you did want to learn more about how you could implement them and how you could use them, do get in touch and let me know and we can cover that in a future episode. But for today, I just wanted to introduce you to them as I have found them quite useful for some of the projects I have been involved with. But now let's focus on helping you to work out a little bit more about your audience. Hopefully, if you have been invited to give a talk at a school or be interviewed on the radio about your research or to prepare a demo to present at a local science festival, then fingers crossed your audience has been defined for you. But if you are inspired to write a book about science, get an innovative project off the ground or start, let's say, a SciComm Instagram account, then you have to do a little bit of work to figure out who you are communicating with and who you want to engage with your science communication idea. So I have identified five questions that you need to ask yourselves and your audience in order to do that. Question one, who do you really want to communicate with? There are so many different groups out there that you could choose from. It could be scientists, it could be journalists, it could be school children, cancer patients or community groups. I could go on and on and on. And of course, each of those groups could then be broken down even further. All of them could be interested in cancer research, let's say. But doing an event and inviting all of these groups is going to leave many lost and maybe even disappointed. While these audiences may have a common interest in cancer research, they are going to want very different things from your event or project. Trying to create something for everyone will most likely actually end up leaving everyone unfulfilled. So I want you to really think about who you want to engage with in your project. You can always do different science communication projects on the same topic. The trick is knowing how to share the stories of that topic with each of those groups. 
you need to change the content, the style, things like your language, and maybe even the method of delivery. All of this is why I started this podcast, so we will get into that in the future. And then I want you to ask yourself, does that group really fit with my why? If you haven't listened to the first episode about why you should use science communication, then I would highly recommend going to listen to episode number one after this one too. But if this group doesn't align with your why, if you and your target audience aren't quite seeing eye to eye, then you might need to revisit your project plan and see if there is a better audience to reach out to. Question two, what do they know already? Now, you don't need to know the education levels of everyone in your audience or anything like that. If you do, great. But this is where that term science capital comes into play. Get to know your audience's backgrounds. How much exposure have they had to your science topic or science in general? And if science isn't high on their priority list, find out what things are. What do they care about? Maybe it's playing video games, for example. If so, maybe you can incorporate that into your science story that you're trying to tell them somehow. All this background info is going to help you to know your audience and what they know. You're going to know what makes them unique and you're going to know how to make it relatable for them. That also doesn't mean that they have to have an interest in, let's say, space already if you are an astrophysicist. You can absolutely create something that is going to capture their imaginations and drive them to be curious about a whole new topics, maybe even something they didn't even know existed. But if they don't know anything about space, how are you going to grab their attention? That is when knowing their wider interests will come into play and help you guide your science communication project. Question three, what do they think they know? This is another crucial question to ask and links back to the previous question too. Just like you have to try and suss out what your audience cares about, it is also really important to understand what their concerns are about a given topic or maybe going to an event that you might be planning. This is going to help you myth bust any common misconceptions right at the start. It might also be useful to know where these misconceptions came from. This might give you some clues about where they get their information from, what type of person they trust to give them accurate information, or at least what they believe is factual information maybe. Again, consider your audience's science capital. Think about that audience model and where they might sit on that. All of this is going to help you to work out how best to communicate your science story with them. Question four, what barriers might your audience have? What is going to stop them engaging with you? This could be physical barriers. It could be resource availability. It could be geographical or financial or maybe even language barriers. Maybe certain members of your audience will have different disabilities and their needs. There may be other beliefs or cultures that you need to take into consideration. Having all of this information in advance is going to make sure that you have all the things you need to make sure anyone who wants to can access the information you are sharing. Again, it will also help you to work out the best way to deliver your science story to them. 
what would be the best format or the best location or setup for you and your audience. And question number five, what is in it for them? Knowledge, education and skills, yes, but they can get that from school, books or the internet. What is going to make them engage with you? Your audience needs to care before they will invest any time. We will talk about this more in future episodes again, but I thought it was a really important point to bring up at this stage when you're taking these things into consideration. How are you going to grab their attention and invite them in? Even if your audience has been defined in your given SciComm opportunity, it is really good to ask these and any other questions that you have so that you can be as prepared as possible and learn from previous events. These could be questions like, who do they expect to come along? What was the feedback from previous events? What worked before and what didn't work so well? What are the background of the listeners? And so on and so on. Even if you think it is a stupid question or that they might not know the answer, ask it anyway. I'm a firm believer that it is better to have as many tools at your disposal that you can. It's going to be tricky and time consuming to completely understand your audience, especially at the start. Sometimes you will just have to make your best educated guess and run your event, launch your project or deliver your talk and then reflect on how well it went afterwards, collect some feedback, make some changes. I could talk about evaluation and reflection for a long time. And again, we will cover that in future. But my point right here, right now, is that it is probably never going to be 100% perfect. But if you can put in the work and ask the right questions to know more about your audience, then you are going to be setting yourself up for success. Right, it is time for some DIY. This is the section of the podcast where I tell you all about the next tool that you can add to your SciComm toolkit. You can head to my website right now and download the worksheet that comes with this episode. You can find it at safetalkscience.com forward slash SciComm toolkit. You can print this as many times as you need to use it but it's going to help you develop your audience identities. On the worksheet, there are six different silhouettes. The purpose of this worksheet though, is to give these individuals a name, give them an age and jot down some key things about their background and interests. Note down their motivations and what barriers they might have. Then use all of that to think about what additional considerations that you might need to put in place. It might be a braille version of an info sheet, for example. With your project in mind, think about what things you will need in place for your target audience. That is then going to help you weigh up whether you have the means to put those things in place or whether your project needs a little bit of tweaking. By the end of this exercise, you will really know your audience. It's not just going to be the local community group that you have identified as your target audience, but instead it will be the local community group who wants to understand more about the latest cancer research so that they can incorporate that into the fundraising events that they like to do. 
they also go to church every week. Most of them go to some kind of craft class from knitting to crocheting to pottery. And two of them don't speak English as their first language. Hopefully you can see how this description of your target audience is making it clearer how you should engage with them, or at least give you your best guess to what the best way would be. I'll give you another example. One of my ideal audiences for this project idea is graduate or PhD students, but not just PhD students. It's PhD students who want to do science communication, but they lack confidence or are struggling to find the time to get started. Maybe they don't know how or where to start and their boss isn't interested in letting them go to any training course because they don't see the value and it means they have to spend time outside of the lab or away from the laptop. That is one of the reasons I then chose to do this as a podcast. I used this audience identity to help inform the best way for me to do my science communication. But in the words of taste from Drag Race UK, that's a story for another time, or in this case, another episode. So fill the worksheet in from the questions you have asked your audience or from the event or project organiser. Once you have these filled out, use them to reflect back on your why. Do they match up? Are they cohesive? and then use that to plan the next steps of your science communication project. If you have any questions about the worksheet and how to use it best, then as always, please do get in touch. It's also really important to not just do one audience profile per project you do. Even if you really understand your audience, everyone is still a unique individual. So really consider the diversity that could be within what on the outside might look like quite a similar and cohesive group. Or there could be a few similar groups that your idea could cater for and you need to capture all of that. Take some time and really try and get in the mind of who you want to be engaging with in your science communication. Just like a researcher would get to know the background of their topic before they kickstart their research project, do your background reading and work before you start your science communication project too. So that is the podcast episode for today. I hope that that has given you some new resources, ideas and things to consider before you even get started in science communication. Or even if you already do science communication, it is always good to come back and review this and all the other SciComm foundations from time to time. Please do go away and have a play with and experiment with finding and defining your audience and really get to know them. I promise it will help you to up your game as a science communicator. If you liked this episode and found it helpful, I would love it if you could rate and subscribe to the pod. Leave a review if you wish, as it helps others to find the podcast too. All transcripts, show notes and resources can be found on my website at sofetalkscience.com forward slash toolkit. And if you want to discuss anything you have heard in this episode or anything about science communication at all, then please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at sof.talks.science or you can follow the pod too at toolkit. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.